Good evening, everyone. Good evening and welcome back. It's probably not evening when you're listening to this, but it's evening here at the moment. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Uh, it's Lon- I'm in London uh, today. Good evening, Steve. How are you? Hello, mate. I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Welcome back. You're, you're in a T-shirt <laughs> and I'm like rugged up. It's well, super cold in Sydney. I'm so. going to explain that. Today in London... You know, we had a terrible day today. We had one of those days. Tuesday's my worst day um, because I have Zoom meetings, three three Zoom meetings on Tuesday. Mm. Um, intense ones. Most of them are intense. And today we, to had a, we had today we had another one. We had another one um, yep. for this project we're working on because it's such short tracks. So it's as you know, it's like very quick. So I had another mm. one. So in between the in between, we had a, like a gap in between of two hours. So um, mm. we went out for a walk. Uh, a, a nine and a half kilometer walk. Wow. And it was so hot today. Like, I actually feel like I've actually got a bit sunburned. It was such a beautiful day in London today. Uh, tomorrow's going to be 26 degrees in London. Like, summer is definitely here in London. And, and summer in London is the best place to be. It's really, really pleasant. Yeah, cool. Um, it's freezing cold. It's supposed to be, I don't know, some cold front thing is sort of hit southeast australia at the moment so super cold and about to kind of pour like crazy i think (sighs) lucky i'm here lucky i'm here um let's get straight (laughs) into it uh, because we've got we've got a few things to get through um i want to i always i always say this every podcast to you but um i just like to go through all the people who have taken the time um to to give us the reviews um and you know a few weeks ago i'm doing this in a slightly different order today sure all the um, all the people that are, that I asked, sorry, I'm not making any sense. When I did the shout out two weeks ago to give us a review to get us to the number one Porsche podcast in the world, in the universe, someone said. I think I, I can't believe how many people have left us reviews, Steve. Um, this week, I think last week there was six. This week we have seven more reviews. So I really appreciate that, Steve, and I really appreciate it. It actually pushes us up the um, uh, the Apple podcast charts. And I notice we're sitting, I'm not going to name the number because it's not a competition, as I said to James at Amateur on his Instagram the other day. Um, mm. But we are, we are getting quite high up in the US chart, charts, which is quite surprising. Um, cool. And Australia, we're reasonably high. Um, and there was another country, Panama, we're still high in Panama and uh, somewhere else, I can't remember. Um, but we've had seven reviews, Steve. I'm not going to read them all out because I don't have, we don't really have the time to do it today. Um, but well, I just want to, then, then we can just go again. <laughs> we could, we could use the whole podcast as reading reviews. That's what I'll end up being. Yeah. Eventually I'm going to have to, you know, I, I'm going to get distracted here, but I'm just going to talk about this. When I put the owner's stories up, like the new owner's stories, which I'll get onto in a minute. When I put owner's stories up, Steve, yeah. I do an Instagram post on Porsche Gould. Uh, if you haven't mm-hmm. been to Porsche Gould, go over to Porsche Gould on Instagram and give us a follow. Um, and I also do it on P997.1, which that Instagram was always for just for my for my 997. You know, I always only had 997 photos on there. Um, I've started to put the podcast on there as well to, from, just to promote the um, owner stories. I get confused, but yeah. Because going. now we've had... Because now, Steve, we've had 37 owner stories. Mm-hmm. They only give me 20, 20 tags per, per post on Instagram. Oh, so okay. I tag everyone right. that's been on owner stories. So I'm getting to the point now, <laughs> once we get another three, I can't tag everyone. So when, if people have been on owner stories before and they don't see you know, a reminder come up or see if they think, oh, how come Michael didn't tag me in the post? It's because I've literally run out of tags. I can't tag anymore once we hit 40. Is that, um, I've got to ask, and this is such a bad question for somebody that's supposed to know, is that um, Instagram etiquette to tag people in the post? Well, it, it gets you more traffic. Um, it shows up in people's um, messages. It'll show up in your messages that they've been tagged. Yeah. Like I know, like for example, if you and I go for a drive, you take a photo of my car, you tag me, but I didn't realise that it was broader than that, if you know what I mean. Well, it also, unless you turn it off, um, whenever someone tags you, uh, if you tag, like if I tag uh, tag, um, Luft, for example, I'm not going to pronounce the whole word Luftkult, um, yep. then my photos will show up in their feed on yep. the second tab, I think it is. It will show up that I've tagged them and my photo will show up on their Instagram. That's how you get more yeah, traffic yeah. on Instagram because it actually, yep. when, when whoever you tag on there, unless they've got it turned off, you'll show up on their page. Um, yeah. So it gets you more exposure. So that's why people tag basically. And also yeah. it's respect if, you, if you're using someone's photo, like Porsche Cool, I repost. Get- 
you know, so I repost people's photos. So it's it's common etiquette to to tag someone. Like, you know, over the weekend there was an event at um, Bicester. I'm not going to pronounce this right, and people are going to like laugh at me. Bicester, Bicester Heritage. I think that's mm-hmm. how you pronounce it. And mm-hmm. Nick, and I think Nick has been on Owner's Stories, Nick uh, Classic Series, uh, PJ, um, who I'm going to get onto. He's got an event coming up, and um, mm-hmm. Sunburn Lobster Jack. They all went to it. And I noticed there was pictures of Nick's car, his 912, showing up on other people's Instagrams. And they didn't even credit. Mm-hmm. They didn't credit him at all. They just put the picture up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, sometimes it's just, a, you know, people just do it, um, you know, not, not intentionally, but other times mm. they just, you know, they just don't tag. And there's a lot of Instagram sites that do that. I had a bit of a run-in with a guy on Porsche Cool. <clears throat> and I don't have many run-ins. I've had a couple of run-ins. Um, but I had a run-in with this guy, Steve. Because he didn't like the way that I credited his posts. I was reposting his images. And he's got great images, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't like how I was crediting him on the post. So he was going to complain to Instagram and he was like, I don't want you to post any more my photos. I said, fine, I won't give you the exposure, I'll stop. So I did and mm-hmm. I blocked him and I, I don't do it anymore for him at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he didn't like how there was a dot and there's space. He didn't like how his credit wasn't up the top. Very, very... Well, uh, the story for all the other fellow dinosaurs out there is don't get into social media. Yeah, I guess so. Um, anyway, let's get on to the reviews. There were seven reviews. Uh, the first one, entertaining... Por- uh, ent- entertaining Porsche discussion. That was from Tyler9595. Uh, Thank you, Tyler. Um, Triple E's engaging, entertaining, and educational. Uh, BB Kerr1, uh, that's Bob from Canada. Bob's been on Owner's Stories before, so thanks for that review, Bob. Much appreciated. New to podcast and new to Porsche. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to read out the review because we just it's just going to take too long if I read everyone's out. Um, that's Pete mm-hmm. the Trucker. Pete the Trucker is on Instagram and Pete the Trucker is, uh, he's going to come on a future owner's stories. I think he reached out to me to want to, wants to be on owner's story. So he'll be on a future owner's stories. Uh, great podcast for Porsche lovers. That's from Assad, uh, United States of America. Thank you. Uh, number one Porsche podcast in the galaxy. And that is Matters 77 from Great Britain. Thank you so much. Uh, cool. Porsche Matt. Porsche Mates Chat. I can't talk today, Steve, seriously. Porsche Mates Chat. Uh, 911 Touring in Australia. Uh, I think I know who that is. Thank you so much. Um, and Porsche Cooled James H. 911 from Great Britain. So thank you to everyone who's taken the time to give us a review. If you don't know why it's so important, uh, it basically just gets us seen in the search results and it gets us high in the Apple charts. Steve, what's been happening? How was your... Uh, Tell me about your drive with um, Marco. Marco? Yeah. Um, we went for a spin. Well, actually not a spin to me is short. Uh, we went for a long drive this time up Putty Road, the, the drive that you and I and Tasha did um, before you left. Um, but... Many years ago. Night, yeah, the day before rained, so... And um, the road's kind of wet. Like, you know, we were out there at 7, 7.30 on a weekday. Um, unfortunately the roads were kind of wet so you know like when the sun's coming up and um, it's still sort of slick I was kind of hoping that it would dry out but um, just sort of slightly funny greasy kind of conditions and both of us had new sets of tires so I think we were a little bit uncertain of you know exactly how quick was too quick in those sorts of conditions so your tyres um, aren't scrubbed in yet? They should be. Although I was sort of reading, um, because we keep sort of talking so much tyre stuff, I was reading another, <clears throat> excuse me, PS4S kind of thread where somebody was kind of going, oh, I used to have PS2s, switched to PS4S and I don't like them. They kind of feel really slippy. And then the consensus, I think this was a uh, piston heads thread. And then the consensus on there was um, you've got to run them in for like a couple of hundred, a couple of hundred miles um to really kind of um scrub them in properly and a lot of people sort of said oh yeah okay you were right like you really need to kind of do wear them in i wish i read that before i went on that um putty road drive (laughs) yeah yeah exactly but we weren't to to be honest we weren't pushing so hard that you know it's not like i was sliding all over the place um i thought the other interesting thing was i don't know if you remember like um uh, because you're kind of going up the back way, it's sort of like pretty much tree-lined road the whole way. And with the sun in a certain position, it felt like I, 
had a strobe light in my face. Really? <laughs> sort of felt like clockwork orange sort of thing where it's like, well, I can't, you know, just have this constant blinking light in my head. I'll just tell the listeners, Steve showed, Steve shared me a um, video that you did in the car. That was the week before, yeah. wasn't it? That was a different time, wasn't uh, it? That was a couple of weeks ago. That was on the Dural Wiseman's Ferry thing. That was your phone? Yeah. Yeah, so Steve hooked up his phone onto his roll cage and, and he sent me this video. It was actually a good video. It was actually quite long. I'm, I'm quite impressed, Steve, that you took the time to do that video. But that I have to tell you... heaps shorter, yeah. It's, it's a really good video. Like, like, I would have liked to have shared it on, you know, on, to the Patreon guys so they could have seen it privately because the sound mm-hmm. of your GT3 um, sounded amazing. Like, it sounded really good. Even just with the iPhone microphone, it sounded really, really good. And it looks so cool. Yeah. I have to admit, I, I showed it to Tasha and I said, look, this is why I'm so depressed, you know? Yeah, Mark and I felt bad about that. We, we were talking and it was like, oh, I feel bad because I know we're sort of Marco sharing pics. I shared that one vid and I was going to take another video Um um, but we kind of know that we're sort of, you know, kind of sticking a sharp object into your ribs kind of thing because we're not trying to needle you. But yeah, um, yeah, that um, that footage is surprising. It's just like I bought this new um, uh, MagSafe mount thing. So that's basically just a like magnetic, magnetically attaching my um, iPhone 12 to the roll cage, just getting whatever you get. Like I can't even swivel the position. Um, and I was really surprised at how good the um, sound and the um, footage is. Yeah, it's a really good camera view. The angle's cool because you see you driving. I mean, Steve's mm-hmm. got like, you know, Steve's in his car and he's got like a big, you know, winter parker like it's minus 20 or something. I don't know what's going yeah. on there. But <laughs> like, You know one thing? I can't drive in coats like that. I have to take them off. I always find them too restrictive when I'm driving. I get cold. Do you in the car? Put the heater on. Yeah, I'm an old man, mate. You know Put the that. heater on. Can, everyone else knows that too. Um, it was looked like a great drive, though, especially with the fog and everything and, and the mist. Um, it looked like a great drive. But you are right that um, the sound, the sound quality. It, I sent it to you. Like, sorry. So I did that quickly because Marco. Um, I was trying to sort of see. Marco was saying that he had some black soot kind of coming from the back of his car, and he was trying to work out whether it was a combination of exhaust or tire degradation or whatever and we were just sort of falling around so i said oh let me quickly sort of film it and then when i filmed it like if you listen really carefully to it sorry this is getting really boring for everyone else um uh you can hear the turbo spool (laughs) on marco's car and i'm following oh yeah i'll I'll point it out to you later the one thing i did notice though i'll do it again properly yeah the one thing i did notice and i mentioned it to you and Mm. (laughs) marco's probably listening it looked like Marco was holding you up. It looked like the GT3 wanted to go faster. It looked like you were just no. waiting to go a little bit faster, mate. Uh, interestingly, um, the... Like how when you follow me and you always want to go faster and I always hold you up. Yeah, well, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Um, we, like, we take it easy. We're not sort of um, stupid on public roads. But also I find that the um, video footage is actually kind of slower than... Um, real life it's sort of like you know when you watch formula one yeah in real life and then you kind of watch watch it on tv cameras yeah cameras and filming slow everything down it looks slower than it actually is yeah well i i saw your speedo and you know you were within speed limits of course but you weren't going that slow um yeah yeah no comment <laughs> <laughs> but yeah look the putty drive the putty drive was actually funny like um i'm saying it to marco too like uh the time you tasha and i went up um, and we swapped cars for a little bit, all that sort of stuff. I really, really enjoyed that drive. I got really tired because you wanted to drive the same route back, which meant like that was about seven hours of driving. Um, we didn't do that. We only drove putty on the way up and then went freeway on the way back. What do you mean I wanted but, um, to drive it back? I thought that's what you just do. You drive it back. You drive it up and you drive oh, it back. Mate, seven hours. <laughs> it seven wasn't hours seven hours. It was about 300-odd kilometres, I think, wasn't it, in total? And it was about four hours, four no, and a half hours. it's 500. Well, Is also <laughs> where I live. There's another hour from uh, getting onto it from where I am. So anyway, um, it was different. Oh, I didn't realise you would go back the fast way. You should have told me. You didn't tell me that. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. Um, you live and learn. Um, but <laughs> what I was going to say was uh, it's just different. There's something different about it. I don't know if it was kind of the wet roads or whatever else. But right. 
we kind of got through it heaps quicker too. Like we, you know, like there's that sort of super tight kind of windy bit, you know, like I kind of always feel like that sort of right at the end. And then, you know, we were driving along, we swapped. Um, so Marco, I, I led first and Marco led second. And then all of a sudden he was kind of driving through the windy bits and we didn't realize that we were that far there. And then all of a sudden mm. we were in the Hunter. We swapped so, cars a couple of times, didn't we? We stopped a couple of times, I mean. Positions. Yeah, we stopped we as well. We stopped and we had a yeah. chat. And then there was that guy that was chatting to me when I went to the loo across the road. Remember, people just strange. People always come up to me and just want to chat to me. Um, do you remember that? <laughs> it's because you're famous, mate. No, I, I don't, don't remember that. But. No. He was asking about the cars. Oh. He was actually interested in the cars, which was, I mean, I was oh, being friendly. Okay. Um, let, me just, let me just mention the Patreon member, Steve, because there's been a few this week. Um, yeah. I don't think... I'm going to shout out. I don't think I mentioned uh, Ben last week, but Ben, uh, who's on Owner Stories, which I'm going to get into in a second, uh, Ben is a now a, a Porsche Group member. So thank you, Ben, for joining. I know I, I spoke to you privately, but thank you so much. Ben's from Good the UK. Uh, he is Owner Stories this week. He's got the perfect spec 981 Spider. It's a beautiful car. He takes great images of it. Um, so uh, we'll get into His Owner Stories. His photos story. are good. Hmm? His photos are good. They're good, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, um, he knows he knows how to handle a camera. He does, and I, you know what? Carbon ceramics—it just makes me want carbon ceramics because they just look so cool with silver and black cars. <laughs> the yellow, you know, the yellow and the carbon disc—it just looks so cool. I don't care how much they cost, honestly. They just, you know, they just look cool. Mm-hmm. You agree? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, except I care how much they cost. <laughs> All I'm right, rich, lucky mate. Oh yeah, wish. Um, and then we've got Simon. Simon has uh, been on Owner Stories recently. Simon is uh, at PorscheNut9 on Instagram. Um, I know some people know him already. He has the 996.2 GT3 and the GT3 Cup car. Thank you, Simon. Thanks for joining. Uh, Bernard, Bernard. Um, now, I'm not going to miss this up, Bernard, because I know you put a big post on um, Instagram about it, how Steve couldn't pronounce this last week. Um, I don't even know if Steve saw the post. He was tagged on the post, oh, so he should have seen it. Didn't see it. Um, Bernard is uh, at uh, <laughs> Bernard's number plate. We couldn't pronounce it in his Instagram handle. It's EBITDA. There you go, Bernard. EBITDA. And what does it mean? It means earnings it, before interest, taxes, depreciation, or something like that. I don't know what the last That's one was. Yeah. Way beyond my pay grade. Yeah. Um, Bernard's an accountant, so you, you have to uh-huh. forgive us for that one because we, we just don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just good at spending money. I'm not good at <laughs> all the other side of it, the accounting yeah. side of it. Uh, I, I'd second that. Yeah. And Christopher, thank you, Christopher. Uh, Christopher is hasn't been on Owner Stories. Uh, all the other all the other Patreons this week have actually, uh, but Christopher has reached out to me. Uh, he's told me a little bit about his about his story. Sounds good. Uh, and he's gonna I'm gonna schedule him for a future Owner Story. Uh, he's got a um, O3. What is it? 986 Boxster. I think it's in lapis blue, he told me, in that blue, that nice blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like Boxsters in blue. I like them in blue and silver. They're the two best colors, I think. And Christopher used to own a 997.1 and an 06, but it was a Carrera S. He owned that a few years back and then, you know, life got in the way and then he had to sell it. And he's, he's come back to Porsche and he's bought this Boxster so his son can enjoy the... Uh, the experience but that's going to be a story coming up on owner stories but thank you to those four people thank you ben thank you simon thank you bernard thank you christopher for joining porsche cooled it really does help us it helps support the podcast if you want to join porsche cooled like i said you just go to porsche cooled slash patreon or just search uh you just go to patreon.com and search porsche cooled and it will come up straight away um let me just get straight on steve have you listened to the owner stories this week i did oh you just said that didn't you so it's number 37 ben Uh, I know you're listening, Ben. Um, ben said he's, um, I won't quote, Ben said he's, his wife was surprised when she listened to it. He, he sounded good. I won't use the actual language, but she said he sounded good. So that was good. Um, we, all worry about, we all worry about our... Th- no, I think his wife's comment was he didn't sound like a... And then there was a word. So I'm not going to say it because I don't like swearing so wow. much on the podcast. Um, Does it rhyme with hunt? <laughs> Um, but Ben's owned three Porsches before. Uh, he had a, a Boxster 2.5, a really early one. Then he, he got the 987 Boxster S. Um, then he went through, you know, he's gone through BMWs as well in between. He had a, uh, he's had an uh, E46 uh, M3, Steve, which was an SMG. Mm. And he actually liked the SMG. He actually liked the character. I was surprised of it. to hear that. Yeah, but I, I really, I found it quite interesting in terms of, um, I've never driven one. 
Um, you know, you read all the car mags, people kind of slag it sort of thing, but um, not that it's for me to judge, but the way that he kind of rationalised it in terms of making it um, more characterful and all of that sort of stuff and the imperfection in it kind of gives it more character. It's like, oh, yeah, I never thought about it like that. That's that's quite a good way of putting it. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I never thought about yeah, it. And yeah. as soon as he, uh, you know, I think not long after I uh, recorded that episode, mm. I went and had looked mm. at the price of them in Australia to see how much they were because I knew the SMGs are always lower than the manuals yeah. and there's a lot more yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah. And I thought, mm, maybe the SMG is actually not as bad as what everyone's making out, um, you know. Yeah. So it was interesting. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so Ben's had, you know, he's had the E46 SMG, he's had an E92 M3. I think his earlier cars, he had a GTI Mark V, I think, Mark V GTI. Uh, he had mm-hmm. a Peugeot in there. Uh, he also had a, a, a 997.2 Carrera 4S. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he scratched that 911 itch, so to speak, as he said. Um, good story. And now, yeah, and now he's driving that uh, 981 Boxster. Um, he wanted a certain spec. If you listen to the story, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's got the right seats. It's got the good brakes. Uh, it's in the right color. It it looks great. Yeah, and good. like you said, those photographs, good. Steve, on his Instagram, mm. uh, really make it look fantastic. Yeah, it's nice stuff. Nice car. Yep. Love to have a go in one. Yep. I know you want one, don't you? That's what I was saying. You, you've, you're kind of keen on them, especially the 981, right? Mm. Yeah, I'd love to have a go. Uh, but, you know, obviously that ain't going to happen. But um, it's nice to dream. They don't come up very much, though. I noticed there's a there's a black 986 one at the moment with high kilometers. Uh, auto six, the old one. Yeah, so it's not auto. Really, that kind of wasn't really that sort of um, motorsporty in reality, was it? I think that was sort of more like um, more like a cosmetic thing. Whereas uh, the 987 and or no 981 and the current one are obviously sort of a little bit more performance oriented. I think you look for a 981. I think you get the 981. That's for sure. But when they come up, they don't come up very often, I know, in Australia, and I think they're 200. They're pretty rare. 200, aren't they, roundabout? Yeah, I think so. 190 to 200,000, approximately. Um, Nice-looking car, though. So, anyway, yeah. listen to Ben's yeah, story yeah. if you haven't already. Uh, 981 Boxer Spider, and you can go and check out his car. Great images. It's uh, at Peaks, P-E-A-K-S, Peaks Porsche, at Peaks Porsche. Steve, where are we? I want to talk about... Um, I want to go back to tyres just very, very quickly. Um, mm. I've got a lot to talk about today, and I don't know if we're going to get through it all, actually. Um, I want to talk about tyres because I was interested when you said mm-hmm. about Marco's tyres. Yep. And I'm interested that, you know, I didn't think, and people who know about Pilot Sport 2s, uh, which yep. are the Porsche tyre for, you know, for a lot of models, 997s, yep. Yep. I never thought they updated that N rating very often. So I was quite surprised when you told me, because mine's N2, right? So that's 2017, yeah. end, end of 2017. And I remember at the time the guy said, this is the new version. So it must have just changed over. I remember the guy at um, Jack's told me, he said they're N2s now. He actually made yep. the point to me. And Marco's yep. are N4s. Uh, I think, I can't remember. I'd, I didn't even say anything to him, but I remember because you asked me, I'd made a note of looking at them. It you was said, N, you said N3s mixed. and N4s and, yeah, there was, I think it was N4s on the front and N3s on the back. Yeah, and I did a search on that after you told me that mm. because that confused mm. me because in my mind, I thought when you had N-spec tyres, they had to be the same number N-spec. Yeah, I don't think so. But. And it seems when I did a check on the internet, as the internet always does to us, uh, the mm-hmm. internet gave me different answers depending on where yep. I looked. <laughs> yep. So one Porsche site said that you can't mix N-tyres. One site, one forum said, "No, it's fine to mix them if they're on the if the two on the front are the same and the two on the back yep, are the same. same it's axle. not a problem." Yep. Um, it was kind of half and half. It was like a bit of that thing again, where it's like, you know, do you need end tires or do you not? And then it's like, you know, does it matter or does it not matter? And it was all a bit. It was still one of those things which you know I don't really know what the answer is. That's where that's where uh, I sort of ended yeah. up. So I know you sent me that article on it, which was from a Porsche dealership. And, you know, like I can understand Porsche sort of saying, oh, no, you can't, blah, blah, blah. But I'd still maintain that, um, you know, like uh, a different a different generation of N rating, the tyres aren't going to be so far different that it's going to be like that extreme. And then, you know, like, for example, if it was just me or even I think I could sort of talk on Marco's behalf, like 
if you're not going to track the car or whatever else and you're just sort of going for spirited drives, like are you really going to feel the difference between two different, you know, end ratings front to back? I very, very, very highly um, doubt that. So I can't imagine that that's going to be like a deal breaker of any kind. Yeah. No, I, I, like I said, I don't know what the right answer is. I just, I just was in mm. my head, I always thought it had to be matching. And then, like I said, when I searched, it was, it was all over the place. Like the internet does, it just confuses you and yeah, you just yeah, give yeah, up. Yeah, you yeah. get so like, tired looking and it's like, oh, I've had enough now. Exactly. It's confusing. And I think, you know, by the letter of the law, if you kind of go by the Porsche Bible, like they're going to, they're always going to sort of say that, but then, um, you know, uh, maybe kind of like in the real world when money is an object and you don't have tons of cash to kind of splash around for new tires all the time and all that sort of stuff that it's slightly different conversation. Yeah, true. Um, um, Instagram's killing me at the moment though. Like with you sending me videos and seeing Marco's pictures and then seeing all the guys here in the UK, a lot of them have been on owner stories. They're all going, you know, they mm. went to events last weekend at Bicester and, you know, it's mm-hmm. sun's out here and everyone's driving their Porsche. I tell you, it's getting... It's getting a bit depressing, but I just want to do a shout yeah, out. Sorry, I just want to do a shout out um, for this event that's coming up. Uh, and this mm-hmm. event has been organized by PJ. And PJ, you can go back. He was in uh, Owner Stories. I don't know what the number is. I, f- I didn't write the number down. I can't remember. Um, but yep. PJ owns the white 356A. Um, yep. And he's in the UK. Um, so PJ's organizing a, um, an event, which he's done before. Uh, it's, it's, he has done it before. And it's called mm-hmm. Classics at the Clubhouse. Uh, Classic at the mm-hmm. Classics at the Clubhouse Air Cooled Edition. Um, I'll read what he puts on the website actually, because it's easier if I just read it out. Then I won't mess up anything. Uh, where Wolfsburg mm-hmm. meets Stuttgart, bringing together the finest air cooled Porsche and VW in one beautiful location. Uh, it's at a it's at Sanford Springs Hotel and Golf Club uh, on the Hampshire Berkshire border um, in London. So if you're in London mm-hmm. and you're in London around the London area. Well, I always call it London, and I know because I'm not a local, but I always say London, meaning, you know, greater London, I guess. Um, yep. Yep. But it's in Hampshire, Berkshire border. Like I said, Sanford Springs Hotel and Golf Club. And this year's air-cooled edition, uh, we'll see air-cooled cars from all over the UK gather on the rolling hills of the Sanford Springs Golf Club, surrounded by Manicot Lawns, Woodland, Natural Springs. Um, and it's basically if you have a Type 2 or a 912, a Flat 6 or a Flat 4, uh, painted or patina, it doesn't have to be concor- concourse, uh, all air-cooled cars are welcome. Uh, and curated displays and large show areas, we guarantee you will see something you've never seen before. Cool. I think he's got some really special cars um, that are being there. He's got quite a few sponsors for the event, um, so it's going to be very, very good. Hopefully it's a really sunny day in London. Uh, I've seen pictures on the website of of the location, Steve. It looks fantastic. Um, all the guys... When is it? A couple it's of on the 27th of June. It's on Sunday, the 27th mm-hmm. of June. If you go to Classics at the Clubhouse, anyone in the UK or close to London wants to go to it, go to Classics at the Clubhouse. Um, just search that. It comes up straight away. Uh, I think he has two tickets. I think there's an air-cooled ticket and there's a general ticket. Um, mm-hmm. The air-cooled ticket is if you want to put your vehicle on the, um, uh, you know, alongside the other cars to display your cars. Mm-hmm. There's one ticket and then there's just a general admission ticket. Uh, I yeah, think cool. children under 12, I think, yeah, I've written it down. Children under 12 are free of charge. Um, so there's two tickets there. I, they're not expensive tickets. I, I didn't write down the price. You can take my child, the one that's learned to shout. <laughs> you can hear screaming in the background for this whole podcast. <laughs> Sorry. No one's complained yet. <laughs> Except Ashmal. Ashmal complained. Um, I don't know what the price is. I didn't write it down. I, it's not very expensive, but go to Classics of the Clubhouse. Like I said, if you want to go to a great event, a great air-cooled, a great Porsche event, um, I will be attending. I say that and I hope, hopefully nothing changes because I actually work on Sundays due to the Middle East but in my day mm. job, but I will be attending. Ajmal's reached out to me. I'm going to meet up with Ajmal. I'm going to catch the train out to where Ajmal lives. We're going to go together. Uh, and uh, like I said, the other guys who have been on Porsche Good Owner Stories will be there. There'll be um, Nick at the Classic Series, Jack, Sunburnt Lobster is going to be there. PJ, of course, is going to be there with his 356A. Um, Nick, a classic series with his white 912. Ajmal, of course, with his blue uh, 912. Um, Sunburnt Lobster with his 911S. Uh, Flat 6 Jack, uh, the guy that they use, Jack who they used, everyone uses to um, fine-tune their Porsche. Um, so yep. everyone's going to be there, so it'll be pretty good, uh, a pretty good event, Steve. Yeah, cool. Something to look forward to. Yeah, I know. It'd be good to see some good cars um, and, and, and meet all these guys. It'd be, it'd be good fun. Yeah, cool. All right. 
I'm out of breath. What's been happening? Um, what's this thing about the carbon bucket seats? You can't buy those anymore? Uh, I don't know. I think I just came across a thread on um, Renlist. Um, you know, like we've been talking GT3s recently um, that keep popping up on car sales in Australia. You know, like there's the white one at Autohouse. There's another white one with martini stripes at Adelaide and everybody kind of keeps talking about like supposedly how come they're sitting so long. Actually, there was a black one, a black club sport has popped up at Dutton's in um, Victoria as well. And the ad popped up on Saturday, but then like an hour later it went down. It's like, oh, wow, has it already sold? But I think it's popped back up again. So Yeah, it's back up. There was a, there was a glitch in the system or something. But um, small segue to that was like, oh, I still can't quite figure out you know, like if um, if you're in the 997.1 GT3 market, whether or not um, people really, 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 really just want a club sport and that's why, you know, like these ones are sort of maybe kind of sitting there. Um, but connected to that was that I came across the threads that sort of said um, uh, that the carbon buckets, which I've got in my car that came with club sports, the um, Carrera GT style, seats um are discontinued i don't know if that's true or not um but uh carnival in belgium with gert he usually can kind of get most things and i i went and had a quick look and you can't get them from him anymore so um maybe these things are going maybe they're not available anymore and maybe it's just gonna make the values of them kind of climb even further and club sports even higher yeah and like sorry going back to the sort of gt3 i can't talk today um going back to this 997 gt3 conversation for example if it's you and you know you kind of came across a really cool car in the right color and right specs but say it had just the um the sport seats the non-buckets i would have always sort of said to you i don't worry about it mate just buy that and then like you know save up some cash and go and buy the buckets and then sort of um install them later but Mm. if you get them after that and you know, like they're kind of crazy expensive now. Like, uh, well, set, the prices you had, yeah. Um, in that conversation, somebody was saying that um, a pair just sold on Bring a Trailer for twelve thousand US. Um, and then, like, there's another site that I kind of follow. What's it called? Scuderia V that um, regularly posts on Renlis. They've got like a used set as well for fifteen thousand euro, which What's the original price then? Don't know. See, no idea. Can I just go back to them being discontinued? I find that a little bit strange because that conversation we were having a couple of weeks ago in a a previous podcast about that new division, you know what I mean? Um, Modernizing Mm. your classic 911 and 996s and 997s are included. It would be weird if they discontinued those seats because those seats seem to be something that would be part of that program. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Like, I mean... They'd be coming from Recaro. They'd be sort of they're Recaro made for Porsche and like obviously no one else, as we've kind of discussed before. I don't know. I, it's probably no different from the fact that you know, like if you want um, those really cool um, pole positions in a nine six four RS, you know, the ones that commonly came with the the tricolor cushion insert, which everybody lusts after. Yeah, I like, love those. They're they're crazy expensive. I bet you they don't make those those anymore. So I guess it's just with them. <laughs> that Ruby Stone RS, there was one for sale. Yeah. I think I sent it to you and I think I sent it to Ajmal, a flat cap driver. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it had the seats and it was just like, oh, man, it's just so fantastic. Those seats are awesome, yeah. Yeah, they um, just it just looks so cool, those seats with the Ruby Stone. And you know how much I love that Ruby Stone, Ruby Stone Red. It's yeah, just yeah, such a yeah, great yeah. colour. In RS, it's the colour. It's the colour. I think... I think when I dropped in on um, George, uh, George, John, John at ProStitch, um, I think he had a set of those seats and I think he had the tricolor inserts. It's like, oh man, they're so good. They look so good. They're so beautiful. You know, it was yeah. weird last week we were talking about, um, last week's episode we are talking about the gap, you know, the price gap, the, yeah. the gap getting closer or, you know, between 996 and 997. You know, yeah. and I quickly, I quickly looked at it earlier today and I was thinking, well, not early today, early tonight. And I don't know whether it's getting closer or it's getting bigger, Steve. You know, and I mentioned mm-hmm. this to you before we started recording, but mm-hmm. it seems that everything now, and I know it's inflation and I know this is just what's happened and what happens, but a lot of cars depreciate more than they appreciate, right? But mm-hmm. the fact that new these cars, like a 996, and, and I'm talking about in particular the, that GT3, 
And I'll just tell the listeners, there's a 996.1, and uh, Greg at First Flight 6 will be interested in this one. Um, Mm -hmm. 996.1 Speed Yellow, a classic Mm -hmm. throttle shop in Sydney, which is, you know, one of the dealers in Sydney, a good dealer. Um, It's for sale for 290,000 Australian dollars. Now, 290,000 Australian dollars is about 160,000 pounds. It's about 200 and, what's that, 230,000 US, something like that. Um, and I thought it was really weird, Steve. So I just checked on Redbook, and Redbook uh, to the international listeners is a bit like this is in Australia is like Blue the book. yeah, it's like Blue Book, <clears throat> and they said the price yep. when you was two hundred and twenty five thousand. Yep. Now the prices are getting crazy, right? When you look at that, they're getting crazy. You know who in you know we know you can make money on cars. A lot of people think cars are depreciation depreciating asset but you can make money on cars but this price thing I, I just can't work it out you know what i mean i really can't work it out and like you said there was that black one at duttons which apparently sold and then didn't sell it was a mm-hmm. club sport mm-hmm. and what did it have 90 odd thousand miles steve mm. oh uh yeah, yeah yeah no it had like a hundred and something kilometers on it like not hundred thousand like a hundred thousand kilometers, kilometers or, yeah yeah and as steve said Are we, we thought about it the same car yeah, yeah, the black GT3, the one that we thought that sold oh, straight no. away. The one that, oh, sorry, the one that just came up. Yeah, no, no, that's got um, 95,000 kilometers on it. Yeah, and it looked like it sold like in a minute because it came up sold and now it's still available. But it just yeah. shows you, and Steve brought this up, you know, does high mileage impact your price? It doesn't seem to. I don't know. I'm, cu- I'm curious because my car's got like, I think, more than the average um, mileage on it for a 997 GT3. And like... I'm only doing it out of curiosity. Like sometimes I kind of get a bit tired of sort of like the whole kind of value sort of conversation because like it's really meaningless um, unless you're literally in or out of the market kind of thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mm. Classically, I guess classically everybody, you know, like when they sort of decide that they want to kind of buy in, like um, it's just human nature that you sort of most people really want to buy um, like a low mileage kind of car, but then you often sort of hear and see the kind of counterpoint, which is particularly with say something like a 964 or 993 where, you know, like if that car's gotten to 20, 20 years old and, and older than that, that um, mileage should be less relevant and you really should be kind of buying on kind of condition and maintenance. And, you know, then there's a conversation about a regularly kind of driven car that's not, you know, sort of sat in traffic and all of that sort of stuff um, is far more desirable than sort of something that's just kind of sat around and not racked up miles. But, you know, but we're talking about that gap last week and we're talking, I guess we're talking more about Carreras, right? The 996 Carrera and the 997 Carrera and how the 996 Carrera has now crept up so much. And we're talking about Australia. I wasn't quite sure if it was the same in the UK or the US or Europe. But the 996 Carrera is almost getting close to, very close to the same price of a 997 where you decide, well, do I really want a 996 or do I want to go more modern, right? But then when we get into the GT cars, it seems like it's a different story now because the 996 GT3 was always sitting, what, 130 to 150 maybe in Australia, which is much Mm -hmm. less than the 997, which is about, what, 180 to 220, around about? It was about, I don't know, it was probably about 40, 40, 50 grand saving, I think. Yeah, so of course this yellow one, the speed yellow one at Classic Throttle Shop has got very low kilometres, right? It's got 10,000 kilometres. 10 or 14,000 kilometers. Yeah. So it's very low kilometers. But here you go. You've got a car at 290,000 Australian dollars, which far exceeds all the 997s for sale, even the one in black with 10,000 kilometers. Yeah, true. True, true. So the gap is, you know, in GT cars, it's it's a complete, once again, it's a completely different market, Steve, you know? Yeah. And look, you know, um, again, we're banging on about prices just because it's something to talk about but um these are obviously advertised prices too um which means that you don't really know what they're kind of selling for what they're fetching so it could Mm -hmm. be just sort of like a pipe dream on behalf of the seller um see i don't i don't agree with that anymore i think that that these prices i think when they sell them they're they're close to that price i don't think they're that much different i really don't think they're much different maybe five grand maybe five grand but i don't think they really go for that much different because people they know there's a market for them. You know, there was someone will come along and buy this car. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd counter that with like, you know, 
if you um if you're in the kind of game you've got a few cars blah 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 you know what they're worth and um you know like um they're such nice cars they're highly desirable and all that sort of stuff so like if money if you don't sort of necessarily kind of need the money then what's the other motivation to sort of sell it it's like well if somebody's willing to give you really 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 good money for it so therefore True. you kind of speculate which is what and, i you know, said you last kind of throw it <laughs> yeah you throw it online because you're sort of fishing yeah. a little bit um you know like yeah. not in a million years will i let go of my car um, if, if someone but, wants to buy the porsche called um 997 in sydney it's for sale yeah, for 160,000 exactly. you know what i mean exactly exactly <laughs> Yeah, you, you sort of never say never sort of thing. So I don't, <laughs> I don't really know if the asking price is truly indicative of what sort of changes hands. You'd have to talk to somebody more like you know James at Porsche Platz or Scotty at um, Auto House or somebody like that to kind of get a real, a real gauge of um, you know what what selling prices are. And I think that's where you start reading when you start reading the forums more like you know Australia. If you read um, Porsche Forum Australia and then some of the guys there sort of uh, discuss, um, you know, what they literally kind of bought a car or sold a car for. And I think yeah, that's yeah. where you, you get much a much better idea of um, of prices. It sort of reminds me actually, um, slight tangent, um, I remember talking to like a recruiter in advertising like years and years and years ago. She's sort of a friend. And um, when you talk about salaries, yeah. she always used to sort of say to me, even as a recruiter, um, uh, nobody ever quotes the actual salary that they earn, um, like whether they're in an interview or whether they're sitting at a barbecue talking to a friend. Um, she sort of said nobody ever actually kind of divulges their actual kind of salary because it's just got that weird sort of psychological thing. You always sort of tell people that it's worth more or you're getting paid more than you actually are for some strange That's funny, yeah. Reason. That's probably true. Yeah. That's true, yeah. What was I going to say? Oh, that and, and also just going back to prices before we just jump off this very quickly. The mm. turbo, that article that I was just telling you about that I saw on classiccars.com because there was a, mm. they've got a, I think this is quite recent actually. Um, they had a 2003 911 turbo for sale, um, you know, 996, uh, which everyone yeah. wants at the moment. Like I said, Ted Gushu yeah. bought one, so they're all going to go up in price for sure because he's, you know, type yeah. seven. Um, and it said that this car in 2003 had a sticker price of 118,780. And it's for mm -hmm. sale now for ninety four and a half. So, you know, these mm -hmm. prices are getting very close to what they were selling in their day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, this, the one that's classic thrall shop, the yellow GT3, that's in excess of the price it was in its day. It's like 75000 more. Obviously, it had some, might have had some options on it. Maybe that's just a standard price. But it's still selling yep. in excess. Um, I find this pricing thing at the moment and the price of cars, like there was another car on Bring a Trailer the other day, a 911S that sold. Mm -hmm. It had like 10 minutes to run, I think, and it was at 220,000 US. Mm -hmm. It sold for, this is a 70s one, I think it was, early 70s. Ended up selling for like 310,000 or something, Steve, US dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean, the prices are just crazy. These people, when you, you know, I find Bring a Trailer very interesting because you just watch people bid and the amount of money that people have and the price they go to, you know what I mean? Yeah, a bit of a feeding frenzy, which it's, is the point of kind of putting your car on an auction site like that. Um, and it's not just Porsche. Kind of rev people up and get everybody sort of excited. Yeah. But it's not just Porsche, you know. They had a GT40, the new GT40. Yeah. And it literally, and I think some racing car driver owned it. It was a purple one. People might know what I'm talking about if they follow it. Um, and it sold for twice what, twice the value, double the value. It sold for yeah. over a million dollars. Yeah. There's um, I was going to save it for next week possibly, but um, there's an article on Evo um, written by Dickie Meaden that's sort of talking about um, uh, kind of cars as investments and all that sort of stuff and um, he's got a counterpoint to it. Um, mm. Maybe talk about it next week. Let's do it next week. Um, yeah, have a little read. But I'd, it is funny because I think like, um, again, like when I read Renlist pretty much every day and people get really, really sick of sort of talking about GT3 kind of values because it's like, well, like I sort of said before, um, you can kind of labor over it and I know it has become like an appreciating, appreciating asset like property or art or something like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's made for driving. So it sort of spoils some of that to a degree. Yeah, true, true. The other thing we're going to chat about and um, I'm mm. going to credit, I'm going to credit uh, someone for this because uh, I was sent a message um, from Amir. Uh, and if you remember Amir, he was on, and owner's stories as well, very early owner's stories. Amir's in Los Angeles. Yep. 
Uh, <laughs> he has a really? he has a nine nine three. Uh, Amir had a nine nine three cab, and I think it was a ninety eight nine nine three cab in white. Oh, and, and he did he, a lot of work on it himself. Yeah, he does all the work. He does all yeah. the servicing on it. Uh, great story. Uh, really nice guy, Amir. Um, so he had the ninety eight. It was a ninety eight ninety eight nine nine three cab. It was in white, and he had a. 2010 997.2 Cabriolet. He had two Cabriolets in, in black. So he had the air cooled, he had the water cooled, and he does all the servicing on both of his cars. And he yeah. said, why don't you... Um, uh, he had an idea for a topic, and I thought we'd just touch on it because yeah. uh, I thought it was a good one. I thought it was a good idea. and I, it, yeah. Something we've thought about before in a way. Uh, and then basically, you know, if you personalise your Porsche, uh, Amir said to me, personalise your Porsche, are you going to leave it on uh, are you going to leave it on or are you going to remove it before you sell it? Mm-hmm. And I just want to go back. I just want to refer this to owner's story, Stephen. All the people I've spoken to, um, yep. some people mod their 911. Some people yep. are happy with not changing it at all. Um, yep. Most of those people are people who are still under warranty and they don't want to avoid yep. their warranty in whatever country yep. they're in. Other people are happy to keep it. OEM because they like it to be OEM. They might just do an exhaust mm-hmm. mod on it. Very simple mod. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought this topic was good and when I sent it to you because I thought it's quite good because we talked about your 993 and you said that was mm-hmm. the car that you regret selling. Um, and I have to admit when it came up for sale, like I said, at Auto House, it was like one of those cars where I think I should have bought. Yeah. So yep. your 993 had a lot of mods, right? I mean, maybe you should just refresh the listeners. Um, the and you should just refresh the listeners and tell them what you put on your 993 and uh, mate, I can't remember now. Roundabout. Yeah, okay. Roundabout. Yeah. You know what was on there. Like RS parts, right? Um, it, I had the turbo front um, bumper put on it um, after I had a little incident, so I kind of just tipped some extra money in. Um, had turbo 18-inch wheels. I had the interior redone, so the seats and the dash was like redone in Napa leather. Um, the seats were kind of re-up uh, sort of... I had the cushions sort of bolstered to make them more like the softback sports seats. It had like a range of exhaust mods, um, sort of like the Fister style kind of thing. At, to one point, it actually had um, an X pipe put on it as well, which made it even louder. Uh, I had a short shift kit. It had the speakers replaced with okay. really good AVIs and the Becker head unit. It, I, I went to town on that thing. Like, okay. So- done to it. I think that that gives the listeners an idea who forget about, who haven't heard that story. I'm sure a lot of people have heard it, Steve. But basically, Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty important to this topic because basically you modded that car a lot. It had a lot of things on it. Now, I'm going to bring the BMW into the picture here, the 1M. Yep. Right? Now, to the listeners that don't know, Steve had a 1M. Uh, He had them before everyone wanted them and he bought it at a reasonable price. Um, He sold that due to what we do with all our cars, right, Steve? Personal things, you know, priorities come up, so you sell it. Mm-hmm. I need to get married. So with the 993, um, yep. tell the listeners, so when you had the 993, you didn't think it was necessary to take the mods off? Like when you took it to Order House and Order House sold it for you because they sold it for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Did they say to you it's best if you sell it with the mods off or did you think you wanted to take the, some of the mods off and sell them? Why um, did you not remove yeah. anything? So, well, I did. I didn't, I took some of the most extreme kind of bits off it. Um, and so, for example, the really, really loud, I think it was a DAC, it was called the DAC X pipe, which um, was like super loud. Does I had that sound that like DAC, 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 like that. I <laughs> <laughs> um, don't know if you can get them anymore, but they were like one of the kind of mods to have on Renlist at the time. Um, I think I had a different steering wheel, which I kind of had taken off. So I basically knew to answer um, Amuse sort of thing. I kind of knew that there were some mods on there that were polarizing, that they really weren't to everyone's taste. Like nobody's going to jump in that car and want it to be that loud. The steering wheel was not to everyone's taste, um, blah, blah, blah. So there were certain things that I kind of did um, sort of have removed. Um, there were other bits, to be honest, where I kind of knew that I wouldn't recoup the value in it. So I think, for example, I had um, the red sort of factory seat belts, which are worth an absolute fortune, like particularly back in those days. And I still had the black, the original black seats, uh, seat belts. So I had them taken off and I sold 
the seatbelts. Um, there was stuff like that. Um, I should have um, reverted the um, the stereo, but um, I think I I think I lost the original factory speakers, and then it just kind of got a bit too hard because. The catch to all of this too is that, um, you know, like that car obviously had a bit of work done to it, but it obviously does cost you like labor costs to go and take it to your indie mechanic or, you know, your Porsche dealership and kind of go, hey, can you, can you spend quite a few hours, you know, putting all of these bits back on this car? So um, depending on what it yeah. is like. Yeah. And for example, with my 1M, um, I had the really good Recaro sports to seats done up um, so I had them and I put them into the one M it was a, it was a BMW factory option. Um, so same thing when I sold the one M I had those seats taken out and the original ones put back in, but, um, just by the way of kind of a reference point, it wasn't an easy thing to kind of put them in and to take them back out again. Like it was quite a few hours in labor because there was a little yeah. bit of trickiness in the wiring. So it still cost me significant money to do it. But why wouldn't you have sold them with those seats? Because those seats are very special. And they really, to me, they made the car. They're so much better than yeah. the standard BMW seats. Like that steer- the steering wheel you put in, you put the steering wheel yeah. in as well, right? The steering wheel, the yeah. Alcantara, and, the, yeah. and those seats just made that car. And if I was looking for a 1M and it had those seats yeah. and that steering wheel, you know, yeah. I think that's a, that's a thing not to remove them because... Was it because you didn't think you're going to get a, get the money back? But you said exactly. it cost you money to take them out, so it's still you yeah. still got more money back by taking them out and, and spending that money. Because they were more valuable to take them out of the car and to sell them individually, because those seats were so sought after, um, than to leave them in the car. So I'll put numbers against it. Pretend, okay? Like I think in in total, I paid. <laughs> Let's like, be real. Let's not pretend. How much? <laughs> <laughs> well, like I think you know, like I got those I got those seats as a bargain i kind of got them retrimmed like my mate clarence helped me all that sort of stuff so i can't remember what the numbers are but <laughs> pretend i spent like about two grand on the seats but like pulling them out and then on selling them i managed to kind of get you know like maybe like another thousand dollars on that um so call it pretend it was three grand right i couldn't if i sold the the 1m with those seats in it i don't think i would have gotten like an extra three okay. grand on the asking price okay. for it so it was worth spending the, you know, like $200 or, you know, $300 yeah. in labor to kind of have them swapped back out again and go to that trouble. I think that makes sense. You know what I mean? If it's something that is, you know, say you had a, I don't know whether, say you had a GT3 and a comfort spec and you got the carbon seats mm-hmm. we we're talking about and they cost you yep. 20 grand. I yep. don't think you're going to recoup that 20 grand when you sell no. the GT3. So in that case, maybe you put the original ones back in or maybe you say, and you see these ads online, where people say, you know, I have these, the seats yep. are an option um, or the wheels are an option. I'll give you the original seats, but if you want these seats and they're extra cost, exactly. we can negotiate it. And I think that's the way exactly. to do it. And I think the thing about, you know. It's troublesome though. It is troublesome. Like, and that's, exa- that's a really good, that's a really good example. Like the one at um, Auto House, um, that car came specced, like that's a uh, touring spec, but it's, um, the own, the original, the first owner obviously kind of asked for the, um, the buckets to be put in. Yeah. If you had, if you had the original kind of touring seats, and then you pull those out, and then you tried to flog those, um, those buckets, like you're going to be able to fetch like another twenty grand, and the, you can tell already, like in the price um, online, there's no way that um, there's a twenty grand premium for that car with those seats if you kind of sold it as a package deal. So yeah, true. true. If you save up all your kind of bits and pieces and you kind of get lucky and you know particular kind of items start to appreciate in value, like some steering wheels, some seats, you know, um, most I guess exhaust mods are oh, a Kropovich um, exhaust tend to hold their value. Um, it depends yeah, on your market, though, doesn't it, Steve? It depends on the yeah. people you're selling to. Like, are you selling off-market? Are you selling through, say, Porsche Forums Australia? Are you selling, you know, who, are you, how are you selling the car, I think, determines what you do with how you've personalized it. So if you personalized sure. it, not in a super extreme way, but, you know, just set up for the track or whatever it is. Yep. Um, yep. You know, Simon, uh, who's on a previous owner's story, saying he, the first GT3, I think it was set up for the track, and he was happy with that. He bought it like that, and that's he yep. was happy to have that car. So it really yep. does depend on the buyer, and it really does depend on how extreme you've been. But if they're 
options that other people are looking at and would add to their car when they purchased it. When, when they purchased it, if say you want a GT3 as a track car, well then, hmm. y- you know, you don't really want to go to the hassle of removing everything, do you? Yeah, it and it's it is a pain in the ass. Like uh, that's obviously the point that I'm sort of making, but. I always sort of find it slightly ironic too that it seems like I'm just generalizing for a second that when you kind of go shopping for a um, call it a Porsche like a 911 everybody wants it to sort of be essentially kind of bog standard like how it came from the factory but then at the same time there's a number of us that are actually you know quite happy to modify it but you sort of seek out a car that's not modified (laughs) Um, so you know, like yeah. quite often you sort of see cars online that actually are modified and, you know, like I have this conversation with my uncle all the time. He sort of says, oh, you know, why would you buy that? And it's like, I can see why you would buy that because if it's got the mods that you want, like if it's got a good exhaust and it's got good suspension and stuff like that, um, you shouldn't necessarily kind of shy away from it because to a degree mm. that also shows that it might be a like-minded person who's actually quite enthusiastic. doesn't mean that they've hammered it on a track. Yeah. And the catch to that conversation is that maybe they couldn't be asked sort of taking that stuff off and maybe you can kind of pick up all these kind of nice extra bits, you know, like, um, and not have to pay more for it. Yeah. It's just funny how people's mindset is that they really, really want to buy, you know, like if I sold my car, um, not that I ever will, but if I did, I'm sure that, um, pretty much the majority of potential buyers will want that car to be, you know, as standard as possible kind of thing. Um, Yeah, but you wouldn't go out, you wouldn't go about and and take all the leather pieces off and change everything. See, that's just... I could. But... I don't know if I would, but I could. I don't know. I think if you... I don't know. Maybe I'm different. But if I was buying your car, I would be happy with how you've got it set up, you know, happy with the... You know, maybe the exhaust could be, you know, like I said, polarizing to some people. It's too loud. Maybe it has to be dialed down. Maybe they want the original gear knob and not one of the four or five that you bought recently. (laughs) Um, There's an update on that. (laughs) But you know what I mean? And maybe they – see, I always worry, you know, let's just just go to my car, you know. And I get worried because I think, you know, no one's going to want the platinum wheels, right? And I think – Shit, nah. you know, someone's going to want to buy it and they just want it. No, I don't want those wheels. That's not the standard wheel. That's not the OEM wheel. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. not the OEM color. Well, it is an OEM color. It is a, you know, yes. um, 991 color, GT4 color, whatever it is. It is a Porsche color, which is why my caps match. Yeah, yeah. it's not on the 997. So I understand that. So what would I do? If someone says, oh, I don't like it because I don't what like the, do? the wheels, you know, do I give them a discount because they don't like the wheels? No. No. Do I spray the wheels, which is going to cost me a grand or 1500 or whatever it costs to spray wheels in Sydney, which is a crazy amount of money, I'm sure, um, you know? Mm, you could, but you could just tell the buyer to do it. I don't well, know. you could like, just do the buyer to do it, but then they might say, oh, you know, give me a discount because I don't want it. See, so I always worry about wheels because I know people are very particular. And like I said, yes. you know, when it go back to me when buying the 997 and, and thinking I didn't want to buy it at first because of the wheels, which was yes. stupid. You know what I mean? Which is stupid because yeah, I just got yeah. other wheels. Um, so it's slightly a different one. question too. You know how you just sort of said, like, if you if you were in the GT, you are in the GT three market. If you were, uh, would you be happy to kind of buy my car as is? Do you think that's because you know me though? So you know how careful I am with Probably. it. You know what exactly kind of what I've done, yeah. as opposed to like if I was a stranger on online and you just sort of saw an ad like that. Would that mm. is that part of the no, I think it'd be still okay because everything you've done are things you would do, like the DSC controller or whatever you've got, the yes. and the carnual yep. thing, and the you know those things are things you would do to that car. Do you know what I mean? They're all known things, and that's exactly how the um, my nine nine three was as well. But like I sort of said, um, you know, that's almost what not quite ten years, but um, it's kind of getting there since I've sold that car. And I'm pretty sure back in the the time when I actually did sell it, I don't think it did the value um, any, wasn't necessarily like a good thing. I think it sort of probably narrowed the um, the sphere of potential kind of buyers. Yeah. Look, I, I think the main thing is if you are, and you know what Amir was suggesting, you know, if, if you're personalizing mm. your car, and I know he wasn't doing a lot to his car because he had a warranty. I don't, I think it was on the 997. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think from memory, I can't remember. Um, but yep. you know, I think the main thing is whatever parts you take off, like someone approached, someone sent me a message the other day. I don't know whether I, I think they listened to the podcast. Sorry. I can't remember your name saying, did I mm. want to sell my, um, console lid? 
because they saw my video on YouTube, on my Michael Bath yep. YouTube channel, and said... Your original one. Yeah, can, do you want to sell it? Because I'm looking for one. And I said, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not willing... I don't want to sell it because I like to keep all my original parts. Yep. Now, that might seem crazy, but for me, I, liked, I like to keep everything. And I think if you personalize your car, um, I think you keep all those parts and you see it with 993s and you see it with 964s where people change the steering wheel and they say, I have the original steering wheel. Do you know what I mean? Even with 912s. Um, people change the wheels and they say, I have the original wheels, you know? Yep. So I think those I things agree. are good, you know? And I think that's what you need to do. You need to keep it. Whether or not you put everything back on for them or you tell them when they come to look at it, whether that's going to impact Easy. the, make it take longer to sell, does that matter? Are you, are you that desperate to sell quickly? See, I don't know. For me, I don't think I'd be that desperate to sell quickly, so I don't think it'd be a problem. I guess if you're desperate and you want to sell quickly, Steve, and depending if you're taking it to a Porsche dealer, maybe yeah. you have to take those options off. Maybe they'll say it's best if you take the options off or it's best if you take, like you said, that loud exhaust off that I can't hear or the take crazy this off. polarizing things. Maybe yeah. something stays, some things go. I think that's how it works. I mean, I saw a GT3 for, for sale on, um, mm. I think it was Australia or UK, and it said... I think it had had a couple of things a guy had done to it. And one was just the mm-hmm. Sharkworks um, X-Pipe or whatever it was. Yep. You know, and I thought, well, isn't, aren't most people that are going to buy that GT3 are going to think, well, the Sharkworks thing is pretty cool and I'd probably get one that's anyway. That's what I'd want. Yeah, yes. yeah that's, that's the best one and that's what you want. So you wouldn't take it off. I think with, if the car has been tuned and it's, it's, something's happened in the tuning um, or something like that, I think that's different. I think that sort of yep. thing could could cause an issue when you go to sell it. And I noticed some M3s that are for sale. I noticed some some M3 it said it had been chipped or something. Yeah, my 1M, M2, was chipped. 1M. I had a I had a 1M a piggyback sort of little thing. It was just a box that you just kind of wired in. I had that chipped, but I I took it off before I sort of sold it. Um, but see does that cause any issue to the engine? These sort of boxes? No. no? no. So you took uh, that off. I, Depending, it depends on how hard you kind of drive it and all of that sort of stuff. It obviously works the turbos kind of harder because it dials the boost up and everything. But, you know, like what I had, I put 30,000K on that car and I never drove it like crazy hard. So it wouldn't have done yeah. anything bad to it. I mean, it's a tricky one. It's like, I keep going back to our previous conversations. It's like tires. Yeah. It's like values. It's like, you know, personalizing import. Do you take all the mods off and put it go put it back to stock i mean is there a right or wrong answer not really you know what i mean it's it's like all these things in porsche world it's like Different you read one thing yeah. yeah it just depends on the situation you know what i mean um and it depends on I your think, buyer and it depends where you're selling it i think you're right like you know if i was to sell the gt3 i think i probably would revert like a decent amount of stuff um and i would either potentially uh, sell all the kind of bits and pieces sort of separately or offer, you know, like to a seller that, you know, like for an extra X amount of money they could have any humor, any number of gear knobs, exhaust options, blah, okay. blah, blah. But, but that's not because you think it's going to impact the price, right? That just That's just because you think you can still get the price for the car even if you take the mods off and you can make some extra both. money. Both. Both. Yeah, both. Really? Yep. Like, okay, so if you were selling your car... But all the carbon, you take all the carbon pieces off? Mm. Your carbon ducts on your engine, would you take them off? Yeah, maybe. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I think if you it's, had the right buyer, you wouldn't need to. But then you need the, you want to get the return. That's what I you're see what you about. mean. You see, like, you're, you're kind of going, there, there needs to be the one person that on a white car um, quite likes, you know, sort of a little bit of external kind of cosmetic kind of carbon just for the sake of it. Cause there are a lot of people that don't like carbon. Just a little bit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. You know how Steve but, never gives um, away anything. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm exhausted. I think we're going to stop today. I think that's it. Yeah, what good. do you think, Steve? Good. Yeah, yeah, Any good, final comments on that uh, for Amir? Yeah. What do you say? Remove it or keep it? Mm, sort of sits in the middle, I think. Yeah, it sits in the middle, I think, too. It depends on the buyer. It depends on the situation. It depends on if you can get more or you can get, you know, if you can get more for you, uh, for the parts, maybe you do take them off. But then there's the labor to take the parts off. I guess if you can take them off yourself, it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. I can't. I'd have yeah. to pay someone to do it, so. Uh, what's on your car, though? Like Wheels? You don't have, you don't have that much. Fister exhaust. 
Which no one would else. know anyway because you'd have to look underneath, I mean, and see it's black. Yeah. So, so your car, you wouldn't, you definitely wouldn't take the Fister off. You'd leave it. The uh, wheels, the you'd leave Danks, it as well. The Danks uh, sports tips. Uh, you leave that as well. Dual sports tips, which I love. Uh, the stripe, yeah. I think the stripe's going to go anyway. I think I'm going to take the stripe yeah, off. I think, I reckon you'd probably peel the stripe off if you were, like we're talking hypothetically selling the uh, thing. But that's but, about it. I don't have any other no. options. That's it. You don't have, there's nothing on your car that's like so polarizing that you just kind of go, well, that's devaluing it or you're narrowing your sphere of people that would want to mm, buy it kind of thing. No, because I've been very, you know me, I'm very um, OEM. I like to keep it mm-hmm. close to being the same, right? So it's not that mm-hmm. far removed. Um, but I still think Whereas, the wheels. I still think the wheels are a, a major thing on a car, and I think it might turn some people off. Um, I'll be honest. I'd sort of say to somebody um, in the market, "Look, I'm, it's going to sound very judgy, but it's a bit crazy kind of thing to not buy a car that's got the wrong coloured wheels because it really is like a thousand dollar exercise to have them resprayed." Well, especially when the wheels look so good with the car. I mean, if they were white yeah. wheels with a black lip or something, or the you know, bright gold or something, I understand, but they're not, you know, polarizing. That's not a polarizing color. Do you know what I mean? It is a Porsche wheel yeah, color. Yeah, yeah. It's a Porsche wheel color. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's still kind of OEM. It's still kind of, you know, it's not generation. Well, it's different generation. It's 991 color, but still. Another example is when um, my mate was looking for, you know, decided to kind of get into 907 GT3 and we went and had a look at Alex Holland's car. Um, if I don't think Alex would listen to this podcast, but even if he did, I don't think I'm sort of saying anything kind of nasty sort of thing. Right. Like that car, he deliberately painted the wheels red and put, um, you know, the kind of red checkered decals from a, uh, an RS on it, from the .2 RS. Um, that's not to my taste, but if that car, if I was in the market and I wanted that car, would that sort of stop me from buying it? It's like, no, because I'd peel the stickers off and I'd, I'd spray the wheels like it's well, a thousand dollars. Yeah. I'd tell him to do it. It's like that Martini GT3, 997 GT3 that's for sale. Yeah, and I know people are saying, off. oh, the Martini, but they're just decals. I just pull them off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I get and a discount if I got that. metal gray wheels on it. Um, you know, Is just have, have them repainted. Yeah, um, but you want something in return to do that. See, this is I'm looking. I'm thinking as a buyer now, not as a seller, and go. Mm, that's yeah. I've got to take those decals off. That's a hassle. Are you going to take them off for me? You know, if I've got to change the wheels. Seller, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. All right, mate. Um, I'm Is going it? to go to bed. It's after midnight. Uh, it's yeah, time sorry, for me to sleep. sleep. It's been a long day. Um, that was good. What's happening today? Cool. You going for a drive? No, it's. It's about to pour, I think. So um, really, take them, take them, take them a can off roading. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Have to learn to swim. Uh, emo, I think it's called emotion engineering, where they mm-hmm. do all the mods to the um, Kayan. I think they might do Macan as well, where they sort of lift it up yep. and put all. Oh, yep. It's overlanding, overlanding thing. Yep. They look pretty cool. Joey Seely, or I think his name is. Yeah. Yeah, they look pretty cool. I thought. Yeah. Anyway, just a thought in my head. All right. Thanks, Steve. No worries, mate. Have a good week. You too. Take care. You too. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening to the Porsche School podcast. As you know, that was Steve coming in from Sydney. Um, my name is Michael Bath, and thanks for listening, and bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>